You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can contact the show via Twitter at ShortShiftPod. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. It's Boston Hockey Talk with your hosts, Thomas Nystrom and Andrew Johnson. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Boston Bruins are number one in win percentage, number three in goal differential, number three in goals against, longest winning streak in the NHL right now. Andrew, we were right. We took two games from the Rangers. We thought there would be some blowouts, but there wasn't. But the series never really felt close. Neither game really felt close. They were chippy. Last night was obviously chippy, but I don't think the Rangers are anywhere close to as good as they looked. I don't even think they looked good. I think the Bruins might have played down to the Rangers a little bit, but how did you feel about those two games, man? Um, well, the first game should have never gone into overtime. That 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 second goal was absolutely atrocious. That should have never counted, but he neither here nor there. We we're not in the business of getting into it with the refs about the refs here, but come on, <laughs> just some just some really dicey calls. You know, disallowing the DeBrus goal and allowing that other goal—it's it, that was never really that should have never really been in doubt. I didn't have a problem with the DeBrus call off because it wasn't called a goal on the ice; it was close. Mm-hmm. I was fine with that. I do take issue, and and I told you before, like mm-hmm. I don't really complain much about the refs. Most of the time, it's it's fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels skewed towards you. Sometimes it doesn't, but. The, the thing for me was that was clearly a high stick and I don't give a fuck if it didn't directly go into the net. No. I don't give a fuck if it directly bounced off of, who was it, uh, Grizzly? Grizzly, yep. It should be blown dead. You know what's hilarious because about that? Because like in center ice it would be, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. And you yep. know what's actually really hilarious about that goal? That high stick that wouldn't have counted, counted as an assist. Which is, uh, it's the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> But the, ho- the hockey gods righted it. We got the W. Exactly. La- last night's game. Talk about last night's game for a bit. Was that not like the, mo- the the most lopsided 1-0 win you've ever seen? It was never. It was close, but it was never really close. The defense clamped down. That de- our team defense is elite. Twenty shots on Daryl Halak all yeah, night. Yeah, that's like Halak getting the credit for the shutout. Obviously, is well warranted. He yep. played a great game. Yeah, but only he only taking made really one or two tough like, saves. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah. you know what? Like, I'm I'm completely fine with that. And if that's how we're going to continue to be this good in goal differential and be this good at defense, and uh, I'll take the W's if they're one nothing games. That's fine because honestly, that was the most entertaining one nothing game. Like Nick Nick Ritchie with the the solo goal, it wasn't a a pretty goal, but 
it wasn't like an exciting moment, honestly. Second or third was, effort. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, like, oh, it was that's it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't no. even. It wasn't a situation where like I jumped out of my seat for the goal. I was happy to see it, but like the rest of the game, there was so much more story in there. And not to give this kid too much credit, but man, that that Rangers fan who saw us out on Twitter last night, <laughs> literally <laughs> like literally searching keywords on Twitter to try to interact with us. He was chirping us because we were number one in the standings and that we shouldn't be that excited about being number one in a division that only has eight teams. Meanwhile, the Rangers are at the bottom of the fucking division. The only two teams below him aren't even playing hockey right now. And they're, they're each a, a point behind him. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? I don't understand. It. I, 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 that was, that was points for creativity there, but my God, I know you're trying to find some trash to talk, but Jesus Christ. And then like I perused his Twitter afterwards and the guy was, the guy's a honk anyway. So it's uh, like, he, it was just one of those dudes who just tweet out into the void where yeah, it's just exactly. like, I'm just going to say things because nobody's interacting with me. Yeah. And you know what? I don't want to get too complainy about it. I'll, I'll take it. It was fun. Honestly, nah. it kind of made the end of that game a little bit fun for me. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. You know my standings on the Rangers. I have a number of friends who are Rangers fans. My mother-in-law's a big Rangers fan. Mm-hmm. And the thing for me, I enjoy beating New York teams probably more than any other city just because of the way our fan bases are aligned. Right. I will say that because I have so many friends who are Rangers fans, I would love to see them have a parade again one day because none of my friends have been of drinking age to enjoy a parade. Mm-hmm. Or a Stanley Cup win. Like you you want to see that for your friends at certain yeah. points. Not necessarily at the expense of the Bruins, but for this kid, I wish him well. I hope he gets an adult aged Stanley Cup because until then he's just gonna be a Rangers fan who is pulling on his testicles on Twitter for attention. <laughs> and Je- jealousy, jealousy's not a good look on 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 that. But it's like it, it it's it's a shame about the Rangers too. It's the fact that they have so many good young they have so many good young players. Yep. But uh, get a new we, coach. We, <laughs> exactly, dude. We said this literally a few days ago on the podcast. The pillars are there. Like there's some talent on that team. And you know what? They were fun to watch. And I yeah. have watched a few other Rangers games because living in Connecticut, I have their right. network and I've, I've watched them play the Islanders. I've watched them play the Penguins. And there's been some nights where they look really impressive or, or at least competent. But that's talent. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the talent. talent. Yeah. But the team is just like, it's, there's, there's no response. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing we saw on Twitter was like the, the argument that, oh, well, Lausanne picked on somebody who doesn't fight. When has Lazan ever been in a fucking fight? Mm-hmm. I don't think I can't recall a single time he's thrown. Yeah, I, I, I think I think maybe one other time. I think there's maybe one time, yeah. and that's it. And not for nothing, if you watch that fight, he's not mm-hmm. swinging because he's supposed to be fighting. He's swinging because he's pissed off at something. Yeah, right. something happened on that play that set him off because he was swinging like a maniac. And I think that's why he got the ten minute misconduct because he because he started because he, he was he was a lunatic. Yes, he was. Bashing his face in. Yeah. Um, and and the other side of that argument too would be, well, Bushnevich isn't isn't somebody who fights, but he is somebody who throws a cross check to the back of people's heads. So. I was just about to bring yeah. that up. Gee, so you know honestly, what? like, yeah. don't make that fucking argument at me. Yeah. Dude. That's that that's a Rangers fan. Rangers fans love that clip of him of him coming across and blasting Marchand 
in the back of the head with a cross check and and yet no don't go after him he's not a fighter you can't have it both ways yeah yeah like they have some great talent you know everybody who watched the nbc broadcast probably knows you know if you say the name adam fox three times pierre mcguire appears in your kitchen (laughs) (laughs) that was that slurp fest was something else yeah but they're just, they're not there. They're there in personnel. They're not there in coaching. And every time the co- every time the camera would go to David Quinn and David Quinn just, you know, with that vacant stare in his eyes with his mask over his mouth, but not his nose. Can't put it over your nose. They won't be able to hear you, David. I don't know. It's just that there's no structure. There's no, there's no blowback. Like you said, there's no response. And, and it's sad. It's sad to me. Because mm-hmm. no, I mean, like the Rangers being a healthy organization, the Rangers being a competitive organization is good for the league. Mm-hmm. I have that same argument for Toronto, Montreal, all of yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know, when like, they're relevant, it's better as a whole for the league. Absolutely. And you know what? It makes it that much better when, when you beat them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like beating Toronto in the first round of all these playoff series, which feels like it happens annually at this point. It is, it feels fucking good because it's good hockey and you walk away a better team. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So for me, it's just like, I want to see the Rangers succeed. And I'm going to be watching them again outside of uh, the Bruins game. I would probably say outside of the Bruins, they're probably the team that I watch the most of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally circling the next game that we play them, which is February 26th. It is a Friday night again. Mm-hmm. That is now circled on my calendar because I am looking forward to that game. Because I will say that the last two games have been entertaining as hell. And yeah. obviously to take the W's makes them that much better. And one last thing I'll say about this, is, about that circling the calendar. I have a feeling that might be fight night again between Frederick and Lemieux because that fight last night, even though Trent Frederick lost, the best part about that was them skating back to the penalty box and Trent Frederick going to the end, go, turning left in the penalty box and giving Lemieux the point, telling him, this ain't over, kid. Yeah, That, it, it's like, yes, yes, I want more of that, please. It was probably the right time for a Frederick fight because mm-hmm. I know, based off of what I've seen you post on Twitter and whatnot, Frederick is kind of tailing off right now. He is. The, the shine is kind of coming off him a little bit. And getting into a fight kind of puts him back into everybody's good graces and all that. And and you love to see that kind of fire. But as you, I think you texted me last night, the cement brick hands. It's just like the offense. He had. He's he not had. Getting, granted, he's not getting enough minutes. Like right. he's not getting the minutes to really develop that part of his game. But when he is getting minutes, like whether it's seven, eight, nine minutes a game, he's not showing me anything from an offensive standpoint mm-hmm. he had a couple of cute passes or nice nice passes in the first couple of games but man he's he kind of looked a little bit lost last night mm-hmm. he had a golden opportunity where he just where it was like it was t- perfect Trent Frederick hockey he got the pat he got the pass in the slot and he bolts the front of the net and all he had to do was a forehand backhand he gets to his forehand and the puck just explodes yeah, like, but, and I'm like, I'm like, that's, that's what I'm, t- that's what I'm saying. I mean, that what, that's like now 30 games in the NHL and he has one assist yeah, for a first round draft pick. It's like, we know, we know what he's there for, but time's ticking on that one for me. Maybe he's pressing. 
Maybe he's I think too maybe hard. there's a little bit of you gripping the stick too tight, and and that also could kind of start triggering him, setting him off. Where I didn't even know that there was any chirping going on between him and Lemieux. Is it is it surprising? No, but yeah. but maybe that kind of contributed to him just being like, you know what, I need to take out some fucking aggression, and I'm going to do mm-hmm. it on this dude. Yeah, right. It seems and like Lemieux, he's is a per- Lemieux is a perfect dude to do it on because yeah. he's a he's a he's a shit heel. <laughs> yeah, and Son you know what, like. It it does seem like he almost like has a target each time they're playing a team. Mm-hmm. Like Freddie has a target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he clearly was targeting Subban. He, he was clearly targeting Tom Wilson. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was his pick. It'll be interesting to see where it goes from there. But right. Side note: Yes, Nika going down to Providence is interesting to me because I think he obviously has an exceptionally larger ceiling when it comes to offensive upside. So I'm excited to see him get some playing time down there. I don't think he's going to be down there for too long. I wouldn't be surprised if he's back up. And honestly, I think other than the fighting, Frederick would be the guy to to get pushed aside or or at least scratched and stuff like that. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see scratches upcoming in the next couple of Yeah, coming up. Yes. uh, When, when Bruce brought, when Bruce brought um, Stadnika down, he said that he wanted to just see, see a little bit more of him battling in the walls, mm-hmm. but liked a lot of what he saw. He just wanted, wanted him to round out his game a little bit, which is, um, which is, which is nice to hear. That's nice to hear that. Like, you know, we, we like parts of your game, but we, we want you to kind of smooth the edges a little bit and yep. stud knows why he's there. And just from the tenor of that, it just sounds like that his time there is not going to be very long. Like you no. said. No, the future, the future is top six, I think, for him still. Yeah. He's just got to put it together a little bit. Stud will be in the lineup. Kasha has started skating again, which makes me very happy. And yeah, Stud and Kasha coming back. That I think that means that Frederick will be the on man out. If you had asked me this maybe like maybe two weeks ago, I'd say it would be Anders Bjork, but Bjork has yeah. found his niche and what a goal that he scored. Yeah. Uh, on Wednesday. That was that would that was a Daniel Pie goal if I ever saw it. <laughs> Going across the wall, throwing the guy like throwing the guy off, getting to the front, getting to the front of the net, and just forehand, backhand, five hole. It was such a good goal that Tuka yep. didn't even know it happened. <laughs> Tuka didn't even know it happened. <laughs> um, I really wanted to touch on that. <laughs> what a loon that boy is! I love it, man. And honestly, <laughs> like, it, it, obviously, it it didn't cost us anything like it could have been bad if it if it went a different way i wouldn't mm-hmm. even want to i would probably would have deleted twitter for a week what's really funny about that play okay they have the puck the, they have the puck right tuka's going off bruins have the puck the rangers the, the, this speaks to like the urgency that you're talking about the rangers have two guys like on the back check here instead of instead of pressing they go back yeah if you see the goaltender going off, fucking go after the puck. What that are you bench, doing? That bench should have been alive. And to to bring it back to that Twitter kid, Quinn should have been standing on the wall, pulling his testicles, screaming for them to go after the fucking puck. Yeah, exactly. Like, but there was nothing. Like the yeah. only people that were they doing anything at. was the Bruins being like, uh, dude, get the fuck back there. And you know what? Like, it turns out like it's it's just funny and mm-hmm. the locker room is loose and yeah, it actually, it's like a Manny, it probably, Manny type of thing. It's exactly. And you know what? There's probably more positives from it 
in that locker room than than yeah. we're even aware from aware of. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you have to get Rask a little bit loose and smiling, you know, because yeah. he's such a fucking serious dude sometimes with shit. Yeah. So he is. It was yeah. actually it was actually cool to see him skate off and and joke with the media and stuff. So yeah, and it's good. It, it it's I, I mean it probably it wouldn't have been funny if anybody on the Rangers had a fucking pulse. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, we were playing a team that wasn't coached well. So yeah. Right. It's a two-two game with fifty seconds left, and you see the and you see the the, the goaltender going off for some reason. Take it upon yourself, like just fucking shit. I gotta hunt the puck right now. Maybe yeah. I'll get lucky. If if there were fans in that in that arena, MSG would have been an absolute circus for like five seconds there, like yeah. people screaming because go! yeah, go! yeah, it would have been it would have been awesome. But yeah. it is what it is. Meanwhile, the Bruins have one regulation loss. And who did that loss come to? Uh, the New York fighting Barry Trotz's. Yeah, exactly. So we had a one-off game with them back on January 18th, took the L, the only regulation loss. Now we're going back for one game. And what's interesting is we play them just this one time again. And then we play them in March, at the beginning of March, again in Long Island, again for one game. It's Super interesting how the beginning of this series is spaced out. I wonder why that is. I'm not really sure. I'm maybe scheduling, but it's not like much else is going on in either one of these arenas, especially Nassau. Mm -hmm. The only thing going on yeah. in Nassau is maybe like a hot rod show or something like that in the parking lot at this point. There are two things that go on, on that go that, that go on in Nassau: the hot rod show and fish tour. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I am glad to see that they did some work on that arena, and and I don't know if you've seen the uh, the renderings of the new arena. Uh, oh, it looks gorgeous, real. Delmont. It's, in it's Delmont, it be, looks gorgeous. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm excited. Obviously, I'm like, I'm I'm not related to Bobby Nystrom. A lot of people always ask me that, like, why aren't you an Islanders fan? Uh, why, why aren't you? Why is your family Islanders fans? But mm -hmm. I am not. My brother-in-law is. I'm actually convinced that the only reason he started dating my sister was because he saw the last name and. Had a glimmer of hope. He's from Long Island. He's a big Islanders fan. <laughs> so in turn, his children are Islanders fans. So there's mm -hmm. some chirping going on there. So mm -hmm. it is, it always, it's always fun. And, and to be honest, I do, I do root for them when it's not a Bruins game and stuff like that. I was excited to see them make a push in the playoffs. I, also, I was really pulling for them in the playoffs yeah. this last year. I was, I was, I, I was an Islander fan once the Bruins left because yep. they play a style that's very similar to Boston. I'm really looking forward to this matchup because it, they, they that match is always a good one. It's yep. always a good one to, between those two. Yep. And you're also well aware of my Barry Trotz adoration. So yes. Yes. So I, I do, I do get great satisfaction from beating New York teams. We're going into Nassau tonight. We're looking for the first win of the year against them. Do you think it's happening? What's your prediction? <sighs> I think that it's always such a good matchup between the two, but between these two teams, Barry, uh, Barry, Tr as I get into with our interview, Barry Trotz rings out every last drop out of those players, but they are struggling right now. Um, they just came off of a very, very bad loss to Pittsburgh. I would say that overtime loss, I think that, um, they're, I think that the Islanders are going to bounce back, and at some point, <laughs> Bruins got to lose at some point. I'd say three to two, 
three to two overtime loss. Bruins take a point. That would keep the point streak going. And it's interesting what you're saying about the uh, the Islanders. Mm-hmm. They they are struggling out of the gate. I had them as a playoff team. Mm-hmm. They still obviously can be a playoff team uh, in this division. I think one of the things that jumps out to me is their goaltending play has not been what it has been in recent recent years. Varlamov has been a stud. Sorokin has had a lot of trouble. A lot of mess. Yep. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and these are two teams that you can make an argument, or at least you could last year, that they had the best one-two combos when it came to starting and backup goaltending. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can't make that argument right now with with yeah. the Islanders. Yeah. You certainly can make it for the Bruins right now. Mm-hmm. Halak looks fucking beautiful. Halak was dialed in last night. Yeah. He was – and he didn't have to do much either. <laughs> yep. So – we do have Tuca going tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first time, I think, this year that the Bruins are actually playing a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. It um, is. That's minimal correct. travel, so not too worried about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess my prediction, I'm going to pretty much say the same thing, except I'm going with the Bruins winning overtime. All right. All uh, right. I do think that offensively, they had a little bit trouble breaking through the last two nights. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Bergeron and Pasta, who I – Read this morning, didn't even have a shot on goal last night for the first time. It was the first time that Pasta hadn't had a shot on goal. Yeah. Yeah. The first time Pasta hadn't had a shot on goal in like three years or something like that. Yeah. Which is an insane stat. So I guarantee you that will change tonight and we'll probably Mm -hmm. see six shots on goal and a goal for for Pasta. But I think Bergie will break through and I think that will probably be the deciding factor. So that's where I'll go with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why don't you tell me about this uh, interview that you got set up here? So. I cut my teeth talking about hockey. I've talked about this before on the, on the pod. I cut my teeth talking about hockey in the fantasy tour message boards, which is uh, for jam bands like fish, Mo, stuff like that. And we have a very tight knit hockey community there. And one of the biggest, most knowledgeable Islanders fans there goes by the name of Duff house, AKA Tom Duffy, AKA NYC one T's on Twitter. Um, I sat down with him and we talked about the state of the Islanders, past, present, and future, and what he thinks of the Bruins. And it's a very, it's a very good, very eye-opening interview because to get his perspective on it is very refreshing. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear it. One of the things that always jumps out to me about Islanders fans is they're more cynical and self-critical than other New York-based sports fans. You will and not be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that because I feel like there's there is a chip on the shoulder of Islanders fans mm-hmm. for sure. And yeah, no, we, we talk about that and the, 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 he, he gets into Islanders fandom about how that sort of attitude made a very tight knit community mm-hmm. in such a big city. Yeah. It's, it's an, it's an, it's an interesting discussion about fan dynamics. Girl, I feel the wreck without my Pass right on the stick of Tonelli. Coming in with Nystrom. Tonelli to Nystrom. He scores! Bob Nystrom scores the goal. The Islanders win the Stanley Cup. Well, Bob Nystrom has the habit of getting overtime goals less than a fan. Let him yell. Let him enjoy the moment.
And we're back. Uh, here I am with a somebody who is very near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm here with Tom Duffy, a.k.a. Duffhouse, a.k.a. Tony Monero, a.k.a. Tommy NYC underscore one T's on Twitter. Tom, how you doing, buddy? I'm chilling, man. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It's um, um, it's good to have you. Um, you're one of the you're one of the biggest Islanders fans I know, and one of the sanest. So this this is uh, this is a perfect match. This is a match made in heaven right now. So um, I'm conducting this interview on Thursday night. Um, the Rangers series for the Bruins has yet to has yet to finish, but. I decided to kind of jump the gun here a little bit and talk to an Islanders fan about um, Saturday's tilt with with the Isle. And Tom knows Tom knows a lot about the Islanders, and he, like us here on the short shift, is very how we say deep into the madness that is his team's Twitter. Uh, Islanders Twitter. Uh, give me a little bit of insight into Islanders Twitter. You've probably seen some of my interactions on Bruins Twitter. What's Islanders Twitter in comparison? Um, the thing about Islanders fan base, right. is like, we're, it's a relatively small group. So the fact that like, I'm one of the people that comes to mind for you, uh, when you think about Islanders fans, like, isn't a coincidence. Like there's like 15 of us, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when you get onto Isles Twitter, it like also overlaps with a lot of those people's like personal Twitters and like their personal life and all that. And like they're sharing pictures at Dale Gates and it's like kind of a small scene, you know? Um, so that's the best way to describe it. I mean, a lot of those, a lot of people know each other and if they don't, they know who you are, you know, when you're sitting there at offside tavern in New York, RIP. Um, but like we had like a scene, you know what I mean? So it was kind of a, you know, there's a lot of that that comes out in it. I think there's some very knowledgeable Islander fans on Twitter as far as like kids who used to play hockey and like all that. Right. And, and I, I, also think think, I think that's every fan base too. Every fan base. Yeah. Fans, it, even how crazy it, they are. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that those kinds of people don't really have the pop, right? So like, they're not going to be the ones that surface into people's feeds and all that kind of thing. Uh, the journalists are really involved, right? Because again, it's like a really small scene. So like Brendan Burke, who you, everybody knows from the NBCSN broadcasts, like he's really active. Um, I mentioned Offside Tavern. That was a big deal for us here in the city. Uh, but there's also uh, the Blue Line Deli Bagels that does like a lot of stuff with the team, the Yes Man Outfitters, the uh, Oyster Bay Brewing, right, with their Barn Rocker IPA. So like, there's a lot of stuff that's like very Long Island and like, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's hard to explain it, I guess, <laughs> like in, in certain respects, but there is a lot of like community that's involved in the fan base. So you'll get a lot of like interpersonal stuff, but you'll also get like that feel for like how passionate our fan base is, right? Like, now you can kind of piece together the reason why you tuned into, you know, Tavares' first game back and like why the crowd was like it was is because you can kind of feel a little bit of that fabric of what that community is like. And they're really passionate. Not everything that they say makes sense, as is most things on sports Twitter. The journalists I mentioned, um, <clears throat> do a really good job. There's, you know, uh, Carver on the ILC podcast, uh, B-Comp uh, and Andrew uh, what's his name? Andrew Schultz, I think his name is. And then you have. I know you don't really Sta like him, but I kind of I do like I do like Staple of the Athletic. I think he I think he writes really well. Yeah, so Staple is uh you know, the thing with those those platforms, right? Like you have beat writers, 
um, that, you know, write for Newsday and stuff like that. But the thing is with things like The Athletic is that it's like a subscription-based content platform. So there's delivery timelines and like all that kind of stuff. So he'll do what he has to do because he works there and share the stuff that's like, hey, what do we think about this hypothetical? It's never going to happen, right? And like stuff like that comes out and like that's not really what I'm about. But I don't think he's like a bad guy. I just, you know, he's doing what he has to do for like well, he's not a bad guy. or whatever. You're just, a, you're just not a fan of his writing. But yeah, that, that I don't really read a whole lot of that stuff. Like, I don't have any any kind of a problem with it. I don't understand why fans feel like they need to like overreact to all the the headlines and like all the things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's more fun to interact with each other and just be like, "Why are you saying this stupid shit that clearly makes no sense?" Like, what the like what? Sure. But anyway, that's what IELTS Twitter is like. There's a lot of people that have like their own thing uh, on IELTS Twitter. Um, you know, I mentioned all the different businesses that are involved. There was one dude who at one point was like going around touring all the different arenas in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get that kind of thing. And there, you know, there's good people and bad people like any other place, but it's definitely a passionate fan base and it's small and kind of tight knit. You know what I mean? So right. I think that that's a byproduct of, of what you see on Twitter a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's super unique. It's, 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 it's super unique, especially in such a large market. I mean, I know it's, NASA Memorial Coliseum, you know, and Brooklyn, Brooklyn slash Long Island. But so it's, it's so hearing about such a tight knit, small, but rabid fan base in such a large market is actually kind of refreshing. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of like when you were growing up and like you're with, you hang out with the kids in the neighborhood and you all bully each other. But then, you know, when you go up and you go to middle school or high school and there's kids from other neighborhoods at your school, you kind of band together. Mm-hmm. So like we'll fight with each other as Islander fans, but once you get into the building yeah. and it's go time, like everybody is like, it's us against everybody, right. everybody, everybody gets the smoke, like New York versus everybody. That's what it is. Like, and it's awesome. Uh, I feel Don't similar. My brother, I hit my brother, you know, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man, for sure. Like it's, uh, uh, been there. I used to live with my brother actually. So, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, I have older sisters too. So, you know. All right. You want to get into the team? Yeah, man. Let's do All it. All right. So the Islanders have kind of gotten off to a slow start right now. They're kind of in the, in the mid, the mid tier, the second tier of the East right now. But as of this recording, they're going for their third straight win, uh, playing Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh tonight. Mm-hmm. But all I really have to go on is the one game that the Bruins played where they where they looked awful and is to this date their only regulation loss and their record. So five, four, and two to start the year. How do they look in conjunction with that record? Do they look better than their record? Do they look worse? Do they look about the same? It's hard to get a feel for how the team looks because there's a little bit of shuffling and figuring out who's on the team and who's not on the team and who's going to play with who and that kind of thing is going on. So, I mean, I, it's frustrating for me. Cause it's like, dude, we just went to the Eastern conference finals. Like, you know, who's on the team. Let's just go run it back. Like, what are we doing? Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think any, everybody's inner athlete or inner competitor thinks that, you know, like we have our crew, like, let's just go do this. Like, why are we? And then you start to think about it and you take a step back and you take deep breaths and you're like, all right, like, who is going to play in this middle six and where they factor in. And, right. you know, there is. Yeah. Josh Bailey and Brock Nelson are having very slow starts to start the year. And that's got to have something to do with it. Don't you think? Yeah, man. Usually we start the season in the fall and everybody talks about Brocktober. Uh, <laughs> but they say, I mean, it's February, man. Like 
two different situations with those two. Um, they, it is interesting that you brought up those two names because they are involved in that middle six shuffle. But at the same time, like there's two different stories going on there. I think from watching the team, Josh Bailey's skating has fallen off. I think it's because he's 32 and he's heavier and he needs to change his workout. So that way he's not toting around all this weight. I he's mean, never I been he, a great skater. I love his playmaking ability, but he's never been what you call a speedster. Not fast, but yeah. he was, a, but crazy light. <laughs> he's probably crazy heavy because he's a little bit bigger. <laughs> than Cap. But like the way that, so there's two different things when it comes to skating and we can talk about this with Matt Barzell too. I'm sure it'll come up like, mm-hmm. Oh, sure. You can be a talented skater and not be faster than everybody. And you can be fast and suck at skating, right? Josh Bailey, Josh Bailey yeah. skating has always been about like, like where does he go and when, and is he going to be, you know, the first one there? So if he knows where the puck's going to go and he can anticipate it, he'll get a first step on you and he'll get there before you. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to like, you need to be in shape to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to be able to have a quick first step, even if your top end speed's not there. Right. Um, so he, he's fallen off in that. I think he looks like a little bit like lethargic. Um, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of that. Meanwhile, on the other side, Brock Nelson, I think looks fucking awesome, man. This dude is, he, I've never seen him skate this fast. He's always kind of had like this little bit of like a bender posture. Mm-hmm. And there's times when I'm watching the game and I'm like, that's Brock dude. Like he's flying. So um, is his slow statistical start kind of like bad luck then? Cause it's only three points in his first 11 games. He's always streaky. Um, he is caught up in that middle six line shuffle, right? Where like Trotsy has, you know, him out there centering tryouts and shit. Uh, so there's some of that. And it's like, I think that he, he's always been streaky. You know, he has a really heavy wrist shot. It's a very accurate wrist shot. I thought in the very beginning of the season, he actually stepped up in terms of his playmaking, like his approach to playmaking. Mm-hmm. Like there was one play specifically in the beginning of the, of the year where he was coming down the right wing or the right wing. And it, like, he t- made a couple extra strides and carried the puck around the net, a couple extra crossovers or whatever, and made a late feed back door instead of just throwing some, chippy thing on that right so i think his approach is different i think he has a little bit more craft in his game now which might be coming from some of the other people on the team that he plays with in practice but i think he's looking for more spots to make an impact now he is a streaky guy i think that's an energy thing i think you know a lot of our letdowns recently have been energy i think that you know we'll come out slow and we'll be slow to lose pucks like i was saying before josh bailey but he's not alone you'll be slow to first lose pucks you're going to have a slow first step you're not going to get to the spots you need to get to and it makes it difficult to execute your game plan i mean i, I hate to sound like butch goring and be like you know you got to keep skating you got to keep skating but like he's right like you can't just sit there mm-hmm. and expect the thing to come to you so i think that most of the games that we lose that ha- the energy component miss is missing Mm-hmm. Um, and also there is a little bit of finishing that's missing, you know, Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, mm-hmm. those guys like Brock has a good wrist shot. Josh Bailey's creative and has good hands, but they're not coming up with multiple ways to score. Like somebody like Cal Clutterbuck is not a goal scorer. Y'all like, don't have that one assassin type that, that, that you need to kind of complete the picture a little bit. That's that's definitely true. Um, and where they fit Matt in. Matt is great. He's a great playmaker, but he's, he's not, he's not a pure He's not a pure shooter. He's not a pure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not, I think that's going back to the fan base. One of the things that they beg for the most and ask for the most. I think I disagree with them on the path as to how we should go about attaining one of those players, Mm -hmm. which is not, 
we'll definitely get into that later. <laughs> yeah, you can't just get mad and be like, Lou, do it. But yeah, exactly. yeah I mean, well, we, we so, get a lot of that. Why didn't Sweeney fire? <laughs> yeah. Because, um, bro, this ain't Dunkin' Donuts. You can't exactly. just sit counter and order what you like, want. I'd like a large child. That's not how it shit works. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, but, uh, yeah, exactly. So anyway, but yeah, you. I mean, the forward group. If we talk about that for a second, and going mm-hmm. back to what I was saying about you know the slow start. There's you know the the preseason's modified. Like I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to put myself in the perspective of somebody who like trots. Right. Yeah. The preseason shortened. You have a there's lot of no, questions. The preseason about what, was nothing. Yeah, not, exactly. Nothing. Yeah, it's just right. vaporized. It's, it's a ten day truncated training camp followed by right into the regular season you're gonna have some rust like 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 boston did with their first three games they got it they got it going maybe it's taking a team like the islanders a little bit longer to get going so yeah man i think as far as the forward group it seems like barry's been kind of using the beginnings of this season like he has confidence in his squad Mm -hmm. he's not going to let it get completely out of reach but he's got to figure out what's going on with Oliver Wallstrom? What's going on with Kiefer Bellows, right? What's going on, you know, with the younger kids, Michael Dow Cole, where's he going to fit into this team, right? He's trying to figure this all out. And that's the reason why you, and Anthony Bavilli has hurt. So like you go out every single night, it's, you know, different forward groups, different lines, like people playing with different people. It's very hard to know what you have in that situation, right? So that's why you get, you know what 50 percent point percentage that we have this year or whatever the hell it is like just over 50 oh, yeah five four and two so that would be yeah yeah a little, little over 50 percent. so if that's if that's the world we're living in then we just have to accept it and you know that i had mentioned at one point like are we tanking like if we are i don't hate it but like what is this yeah. and you know the wheels start to spin you try to put your hat on and figure out like all right what are we actually trying to do you factor in what has lou done right lou you know that's actually a perfect, that's a perfect segue to what I'm going to ask you next. Go for it. Yeah. Um, what has Lou done? Um, Barry Trotz is obviously um, one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the NHL. Um, we have two rules here at the short shift. We have no Bruce Cassidy slander and we have no Barry Trotz slander because my co-host. Oh my guy, let's go. Well, my co-host is originally, uh, is originally, um, he lived in Nashville for a while and was a Preds fan, is, is also a Preds fan and follows them closely. Met Barry Trotz a couple of times and he's, he seems like a really good guy. So no Barry Trotz slander, no Bruce Cassidy slander, but Barry Trotz yeah. is rigging every last drop. Out of this out of the, out of this franchise, it has proven itself many times over. What is Lou Lamorella doing? Because you guys were kind of in a bit of a cat bind, um, having to do with Matt Barzal's uh, RFA deal. So you had to trade a very promising young defenseman to the Colorado Avalanche for twine and a wish, two second round picks. Um. How long is that sustainable for this franchise for Barry Trotz to keep wringing the sponge with what so, Lou seems to be doing? So there's a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when Lou got here, you know, this place was a great A dumpster fire. Garth you Snow, know, shout out. I hope we can slander Garth Snow on this thing because that dude, what the hell? We that guy was out to lunch, man. We can slander. We can't slander Barry Trotz. Garth Snow's fair game. I'll tell you this right now. Like he did have a couple of things that helped us, right? The drafting. There's a lot of his players that we drafted that were homegrown that are on the team now. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So you give him credit for that, sure. but that's his wheelhouse, man. Like all those like New England, USA hockey, NCAA dudes, like that's their shit, right? You that know exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> it sounds familiar to uh, a discussion that you and I continue to have uh, over on PT. Like that's that crew, right? Like, mm-hmm. right. They don't have the depth to like run a professional sports organization. And if you know, you and I probably have a similar uh, hero in that regard, Coach B, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Like, <laughs> Lou does all that shit, right? Like he he goes in and he works with Ledecky and Malkin. And he's like, this is how you run a professional sports organization. This is what we're going to do. These are the systems we're putting in place. These it's like bar the- rescue for NHL teams. Yo, for real. And like he... He does things for the players, right? He said it's easy to play there, right? He greases the wheels of your life, basically. He's like, here's your, you, he doesn't give people houses and shit, but like he's makes it very easy to join the team, transfer to the team, live, set your life up, and be a part of the organization, right? Mm-hmm. Like he makes that part easier. Um, he also, like, when it comes to making deals, like he's got like that old school, like, Don mentality where he's like, yo, you're not going to get one over on me, man. I'm not mm-hmm. just going to like flip shit around because you read somewhere else that I'm looking to shop somebody. Like that's not what that is something with. I will always respect about Lou Lamorello is that he is, he is the NHL's answer to a mafia Don. And that, that's, a bro. he drives a hard bargain, it. man. This he is does. his neighborhood. Absolutely. Like you bet you gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta, and it's gotta work can, for me too. Not just you. Yeah, exactly. Which is completely it's like, different than Kyle Dubas, who took over for the Maple Leafs for him, which must have been a culture shock to them, but that's another discussion for another time. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to talk about them. Um, mm-hmm. In fact... And we'll leave know, them alone. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, yeah, so there's, um, there's that kind of stuff that he brings to the organization. I think the coaching hiring has been a big deal. Like, there's a lot... Like, the goalie coach, dude. Like, Leonard's career got completely flipped around when he came here. Now, granted, he took steps outside of hockey in his personal life to turn things around. But Lou built an environment for him to be able to do both and get his shit together and come in. Part of that story. And yeah, dude, and come in and like excel in our environment. The fans loved him. One of our biggest fans, um, uh, this girl, Kim Isles girl, she has a podcast. She's a huge Leonard fan, right? Because of all the stuff. The name that of the happened. podcast so you can plug it? She has a uh, Kim of the Crease. I think it's on YouTube or Twitter or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Her older brother used to be in a, uh, a gaming league that I was in. So they're good people and she means well, but you know, it, so in, in either case, she's got a huge Leonard fan. She has all Leonard's jerseys and all that stuff, right? Like he's a big part of our team, right? Mm-hmm. Thomas Grice is another guy who, was able to slot into our organization, show flashes. And then when Lou takes over and you change around who's coaching here and what they're trying to instill in the players and how you run the program, somebody like Grice can excel. Right? Grice cashed so, in for Detroit. And how about Simeon Varlamov, dude? Like he's ripping it up this year. He's mm-hmm. just, he's got his own gravitational field, bro. And he's just sucking shit up. But so Lou, I, I give Lou all the credit in the world for all that kind of stuff. And also, if if you're sitting there and you're interviewing for a head coach, bro, and you're fucking Garth Snow, and you're trying to call Barry Trotz and be like, yo, dude, I got this job for you. How do you, how do you think that's going to go? That ain't uh, it, my I, guy. I, I think I'm going to go down to the W's in my Rolodex and hire Doug Waite because he's just going to say, sure, whatever. Well, yeah, so Dougie actually got promoted up after he was on Cappy's team. But Doug Waite is another one of those, like, New England, Maine U, Team USA hockey, like, type of deals, dude. And I don't 
until recently, USA Hockey, you know, we weren't crushing it. So why, why are we putting this whole this whole crew like in charge of everything? It never made you any sense. You could say sense. they were ahead of the curve, or you could say that they were just dumb. I mean, no, we do Jack Capuano, bro, Fred Flintstone, dude, out there, like that. No, not ahead of the curve, man. That guy needs a grading curve just to yeah. survive. But that guy looks but, like a Sopranos reject, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Rhode Island's oh, own Jack Cappy, but <laughs> yeah, that whole that whole thing, dude. And uh, Quinn is Quinn is, is that exact thing. We don't have to touch that if you don't want to. But like, oh no, that's no, the whole uh, vibe, we, man. Uh, I, I don't know. Dude, We're going there. You listen to the pod. You listen to the pod. Um, you missed it on the Rangers series. You know yeah. Thomas and I's feelings on David Quinn. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, man, I think if you're if you're Barry Trotz and you're looking around for head coaching jobs and you get a call from Garth Snow, like that doesn't ring as many bells as getting a call from Lou Lamarillo. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not it's he knows the lead and when he tries to make a trade, you know, the GMs on the other side pick up the phone different. Like this is Lou, dude. This isn't this isn't Garth Snow. But speaking of which, like my my yeah. my, my original point with uh with Lou Lamarillo, yeah, he 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 instilled a very important culture in the Islanders and that started from the top down, you know, start with Lula Morello, you hire Barry Trotz, everything yeah. sort of just changes, but there seems to be a little bit of a financial crunch for the Islanders. And that might not speak well to maybe the long-term health of the franchise. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. The biggest thing is a lot of those contracts a few years ago that got signed that people were nervous about, being albatrosses and all that, they're not that big of a contract, right? If you look at the Isles cap situation, they have a lot of deals where it's like, okay, this guy's overpaid, this guy's overpaid, this guy's overpaid, right? You could you can make those arguments, but by how much? You know what I'm saying? Like if we're paying somebody three million and they're only worth a million and a half, like whatever, right? So it's set up in a way where like this almost not the same amount, but there's a few years coming up where like some of those older contracts, like Komarov, dude, like we're not paying Uncle Leo like in the future. So that's gone. So now you replace that with like a rookie contract for Wallstrom. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's up, he's stuff. up after Leo Komarov is up after this year. Cause that's I don't actually, know if he's that's up actually after one of my this. notes. That's actually one of my notes for to talk no, about. The is like, why is Leo Komarov the fucking still worst. playing? <laughs> Yo, for real though. Like what, like why he is the worst. Like how come Johnny Boychuk's the one who's like, sorry, I can't play anymore. And this guy, <laughs> this guy's out there every night. Now I think he gets his way into the lineup because sort of the fragility of the state that we're in the early season. It's a, you know, we're trying to mix and match. We're trying to figure stuff out. The guys played a number of NHL games. He knows how to be a pro, right? I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's a locker room guy because to me, he seems like a fucking herb, right? Like a practice warrior, try hard dude who was like, Oh, I'll get you water. Like that kind of like, I'm not into his whole energy, but like, he knows what he's doing. He's been in the league a long time. So like Lou or Barry is just you know, healthy like, hey, scratch listen. that is a locker room guy is one step away from AHL all-star. So yeah, dude, or he can go coach the power play in Bridgeport, dude. I don't give a fuck like what he right. does, but he can't be coming out of here anymore, dude. He's horrible. Like he, he, he even does dumb shit now. Like he didn't used to do dumb shit. He used to just suck. And now he's like, Oh, I'll take this boarding penalty real quick in this close game. Like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> fucking 100 years old what are you they doing dumb shit like i don't know I hate leo but i get the reason why he's out there because of all the things that are going on so there's leo there's there's matt martin but i like matt martin so i'm not gonna yeah he's the him. homie dude yeah and like his his father-in-law is boomer who's like from long island and is somehow a ranger fan so like i like having that you know that mm-hmm. in that internal family like 
passion coming in. There's also Andrew Ladd, but he's buried right now, correct? Yeah, he's in Robodeau Island. I don't know what his deal is, dude. He's just kind of – he can't even play. Like, that's another guy where it's like, dude, Johnny Boychuk retired. He was 10 times the player as you were last time you guys both played. So, like, like why? Like, who are you doing this for? Like, I remember live watching the the, the game, the, the one game that Andrew Ladd came in, and I was like, maybe this isn't such a bad idea. And then he was out there with 30 seconds left. Bro. Um, in the playoffs. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And so then we lose. So he's, I don't know what the fuck he's doing out. I, I, you know, this, I had a meltdown, dude. He's, he's no, not, yes. I, that's they why lose I the fat, I they lose the face off. On that. <laughs> he doesn't back check. Then when he gets into the zone, he spins around like a top because he can't find his matchup. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, what are you doing? You've been in the league for what two decades, dude? You don't know who you're supposed to pick up at a five on five rush. Like, what that was this? Uh, yeah, fifteen in the years. playoffs, Jamo. The playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of here, yeah. dude. I thought you won a cup. Yeah, exactly. He won a cup in his rookie year, so I think he forgot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So actually, you you touched on the goaltending of how Simeon Varlamov has had a very good start to the year. On the flip side of that, Ilya Sorokin uh, has had a very slow start. Um despite being the savior coming from the KHL. Um, any, uh, any, any thoughts on that? Or is this just sort of an adjustment thing? Well, I'll be honest with you. Like, I didn't think that the transition for a goaltender from the K and like the rink size and like the, all that kind of stuff would matter that much for a goalie because the net's the same size. Right. But if you do think about it, you know, like the decisions that players make are different in different areas of the ice, you know, like there's different points of attack. Like you can enter from much wider into the zone and like all this other stuff that impacts, you know, your anticipation as a goalie. So I, you know, I think personally, I underestimated that. I thought he was going to be fine. You know what I mean? I thought he was just going to jump in and start eating pucks, but like it hasn't been happening. And I think that, he's shown flashes like he's had a couple gr- like brilliant lateral push cross crease saves and like mm-hmm. all that kind of he stuff. He definitely has the athleticism to stick in the NHL. Yeah. And he's it's got the talent technique. and, and yeah. he has the, any, you know, it's just going to take him some time, I think, to get used to like, Hey, in the North American rank, like these are the choke points. These are where people attack from. This is what people do. Right. And if you can anticipate how the other team's forwards are going to try to enter the zone, right. That's going to be impacted by the width of the rank. And that's going to impact the way that they try to attack you once they get in. So it takes a lot to like put all that stuff together. I think I underestimated that for sure. Um, We called him the white whale, by the way. Uh, It was, basically because of the nature of his contract and now we had drafted him and he wouldn't come over and he wouldn't come over, you know, so we all uh, kind of yeah, felt like a little, cab. you should have gone. If you're going to call him the white whale, go full born, get the Gordon's fish stick jerseys. You cowards. Did you have that on your list? Because I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> uh, that's not, that's not, on, that's not on my list, but we're going to be like Trey here and do a little, do a little type two improv. <laughs> tell, me, tell me your views on the fish stick Jersey. So I grew up in the nineties, right? Like, so I'm 34. So when I was growing up, the Islanders are not very good. A con artist literally purchased the team. That is, that is one of my top five favorite NHL stories. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't blame you, man. It's fascinating shit, dude. And and it shows you, it shows you what, what else might've been going on pre-internet. You know what I'm talking about? But like, it's a, 
you know, you, when I grew up in that era, right? And you know this, like when you're a little kid, dude, like all the stuff that was going on when you were a kid, like you love, right? Like I love fucking Ninja Turtles and like, I love the fish stick uniform. I love playing like retro Sega. I love like all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So when I see it, I'm like, yo, let's go. Let's put that shit on. Like, let's get out here and get Ziggy Palfy in the crowd, like signing autographs and shit. Cause that's oh, yes. what I grew up on. I, you know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. you're that age, like you don't really know if they're good or not. You're just like every day, like you're downstairs early in the morning watching the highlights from the night before, you know, on what's now called MSG plus two B or whatever. <laughs> on. You know what I'm saying? But it's, uh, it, that's my view on the Vistic jersey. Mm-hmm. Other people, right? Like Gen X and above, like all that Cold War stuff, like those people hate it. I you know, and the, love the I fucking love the Islander, the Islander Vistic jerseys. The fact that they didn't do and do those for the reverse retro is a crime. The fact that you I mean, guys didn't do anything for reverse retro was like, yeah, like I, so this is the <laughs> other side of it. What the reason why the debate is flawed in the Isles fan base is because the original rollout of the fisherman uniform was a replacement for the what we know right mm-hmm. that was the issue right not only was it a replacement but now you got you know the guys in manhattan calling you fish sticks and all this other shit so it puts a really bad taste in the mouth of people that were around for the glory days mm-hmm. and like i get that but at the same time it's like you're not the only ones that like this team you know what i'm saying like it's 2021, man. Like I was 10. Like, let's get this shit on the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, let's not pretend like the only people that like this team were also there in 1983. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not reasonable to me. So I don't really see the counter arguments to avoiding the Fishman logo, like right. as the same as everybody else. I think it's money. You know what I'm saying? And if you go to the games, dude, like everybody has that shit on. When you walk into offside tower, it's always the a healthy first- one too. <laughs> Yo, exactly. Or like they get the, the Matt Barzal custom done or some shit. You know what I mean? Like they, oh, yeah. they're in like the logos on all the gear. When you walked into Offside Tavern, Nick had uh, the Fisherman logo and he put in a bottle of Jameson in the guy's hand, right? Like, I think the logo is fucking dope. The logo it is, is dope. dope. It looks like somebody just got out of a, you know, a show during, you know, Fish 98 Island tour at the Coliseum and went home and designed a uniform, man. It's like swooshing around. There's like teal and orange and navy. Like the color complements are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that they incorporate the lighthouse because anybody who knows Long Island knows that Montauk Lighthouse is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Lighthouse is in general a big deal. You know, right. even if you're on North Shore, Port Jeff, like it's all, it matters. It's part of the culture. So I understand not wanting to replace our main logo because it's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? It's got text. It's got a map. It's got a hockey stick turned into letters. Like it's OP, dude. Like it's fucking legit. So good. I get not wanting to get rid of that. And, but and if you're going to say you can't have the fisherman thing, it's like, yo, dude, like, who are you? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, let me have my fun here. Because I'm spending money, I'm, I'm working and I'm buying tickets now, just like you were when I was a kid. You know what I mean? So, give me my time. You know, I used to live. I used to live on Cape Cod for many years, and our junior C team actually had that logo um, one year for. Yeah, I bet they kicked everyone's ass. <laughs> logo was sweet. They weren't that good. <laughs> oh, hey, it's like the '90s Islanders. <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah, so you brought the reverse retro jersey. Like, I didn't really care. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the jersey's fine. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with the reverse retro jersey. Oh, uh, I do uh, Tom, like that they tried to. Tom, you're, 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 you're very muted here. Did you move away okay. from your mic? Maybe it was extended down too far. Right. Better? Yep, right. that's better. Yeah, so yeah. what I was saying is, like, I don't think that 
getting rid of the regular uniform is fine. I think the reverse retro uniform is fine. I like the darker, rich color of it. I like that they flip the stripes. I like that they nod to the Arrow one one cups. Mm-hmm. But if this is the only time that like the NHL comes out and it's like, oh, we're doing a whole reverse retro themed thing this year, like now we don't get to now when are we going to get the the fishermen on there right if not now then when that's my concern i think i i think um this is going to be a case of when i when i used to work in advertising this was a this was a, a tenant in some of the things absence makes the heart grow fonder like if you don't have something for long enough and you know something that was certainly reviled in its time is becoming more and more loved almost in an ironic kitschy sense i think you guys will it will don the don the gordon's fisherman once again within maybe like three to five years <laughs> sign me up man sign <laughs> me up i'm Absolutely. down i uh, well i didn't mean to cut you off but we no, uh, go ahead no no i well because we, we we had to we had to we had to do a little uh, a little tease here on our set list um, but, um, finish your Sorokin point about, you know, the KHL is, di- the KHL is different and yeah. In- yeah, understanding yeah. what it is, um, in conjunction with the NHL. And you think that he can, that he can, uh, that this is just a blip and that he can, um, he can fix it. Yeah, I think, I absolutely think so. And part of that is you need to be in the right environment. Like if you're a player in any professional sport and there's something in your game, that's not quite right. You know, you also need to be in the right environment to get that corrected. You have to be in a situation where the coaches are going to be able to reach you, the team's going to be able to reach you, and they have to be right about the shit they tell you to do, mm-hmm. right? Like, they can't just be like, oh, this will fix it. And it's like, that's how you end up with Adam Gates coaching the Jets. It's like, oh, he worked with Peyton. It's like, yo, but did he though? Like, yeah, no, the NFL has this, has this, has this great little habit of yeah. you know, hiring people that happen to brush across other right. great players and thinking that their head coaches see the Bill Belichick coaching tree, which the curse was finally broken by Brian Flores. But uh, where uh, where do you see Joe Judge and my boys getting rowdy down here? All right, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys have some, you guys have some good pieces. I will admit that you gotta get, you gotta get rid of Daniel Jones. I don't think he's the answer. We can talk about that, Dan. I would love to talk about that. But anyway, um, <laughs> probably. So yeah, so so I think Sorokin is. Um, I think he, he's in a good situation to, to, you know, our goalie coaches have proven themselves. We just talked about Leonard, mm-hmm. um, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. When Grice was with the team, it was the same thing, you know, like him and Varlamov were top numbers in, you know, goals against and save percentage at certain times. Right. What teams have two top 10 goalies in goals against and save percentage. Right. So clearly something's Ruins. going right. I, <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> Good. This is a podcast. High five. High five to us. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh-huh. yeah, man. Uh, so th- anyway, that's what I think about Sorokin. I mean, I've watched him. You know what you can here in the states. Like you look him up and you watch his his reels or whatever they can produce for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's well decorated in the K. So I'm confident he'll come around. I don't think there's an urgency when Farlama is playing like this. He's playing out of his mind, and you know Sorokin is in my opinion, already improved from that first game he played. So, yeah, I'm confident he'll do well. And we got Corey Schneider, dude, coming here to reinvent his career. If that doesn't speak to our goaltending staff, I don't know what does. You know? Um, well, I, I have a soft spot for Corey Schneider, so I hope he can. Yeah, dude, he's the fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, this is a Bruins podcast, so we got to talk about the Bruins a little bit. 
well, what are you looking for? What do you think of them so far? Um, anything, anything catching your eye of their start? I mean, they're boss in the division. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when it comes to the Bruins, like it's, it's so well balanced, like everything that you guys do, right? Like the ability for the forwards to check on all four lines stands out to me. The Bruins generate a lot of turnovers. It's hard to get through the neutral zone with them against them. Um, you know, defenders handle the puck well and play really well offensively, but like they can also clamp, um, you know, I, it's a really, really, really difficult team to play against because you guys like take the puck away. Like everybody can, it's not just Berge and DK on the forwards that can take the puck away. Like everybody can. And the defensemen can all play. Like, I know that you guys have some young dudes that you're kind of like, we weren't sure about and Chara left and all that, but like, I didn't know why Chara was still there. I'm not a fan of your team. So like, I, I don't have the same investments and stuff like that, but like, I mean, I get he's still there. You talk about contract dynamics and how well the team was doing and he was the captain. So like, I'm not immersed in that. So, but from the outside, it's like, dude, this guy's fucking a hundred. Like why? Not only is a hundred, he couldn't move anymore. He couldn't get back. Like, you know, I try not to, yeah, and, and I the kids not- who were behind them were are good. So, like again, it comes down to like how are you going to know what you have, right? Like we have to experiment with forwards. You guys are running these D kids out there, and like, dude, they're good. Like they're not, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're good. Tuca, I mean, you know how I feel about that cat, dude. He that Tuca's out. Yeah, Tuca time. Tuca time is cooking, bro. He's mm-hmm. ready, and like he's one of the best goalies. Like in terms of like what he's capable of, he's one of my favorite goalies to watch. Like he just he changes games, man. And like if you don't appreciate goaltending, there's something in there for you because he's making the flashy saves. He's doing all the acrobatic shit, mm-hmm. and like his. But the little stuff is there too, like keeping your angles on a lateral push, rebound control. Get somebody gives you a gimme, like don't just stop it. Like you got to pop it out into the corner. And if you have a choice, pop it out to the dude on your team who knows how to ball and like get it to him. And like he's really good at that. He doesn't. You know, it sounds ironic, but like he doesn't really do dumb shit with the puck and like trying to do too much outside of the crease, right? Like he's there to stop shit. Right. Now I know last night he you know, biffed that, but yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Cause, I, cause I, he I was know. too good in the net all night. He was just too good, man. <laughs> he was locked into the zone and didn't, you know what I mean? He's on his own planet out there. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. I could not believe that. And then he, um, he, uh, during his post game scrum, they asked him why he did that. He said, and he said, and I quote, I thought the score was two to one. He literally forgot Anders Bjork scored. Yeah, well, it was interesting because what I noticed during that part of the game was like, you guys were playing like you were going for it. You know what I mean? You guys, it was like there was blood in the water. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, they're, and both their goals, like one, their first goal came off of, you know, a great four checking play in the zone. And somehow double teams was able to get a puck out in front of the net that somebody could do something with. Right. Tough play to get, tough goal to give up, but that's how you were going to beat Tuca that mm-hmm. night like it, yeah. make him hug the post and you throw it behind him Some that was a really good play him. by Gautier to, to awesome play beast his way to the front of the net yeah dude like mm-hmm. and he's not even a big guy and he's got two dudes on him he's able to make that play like <laughs> you know like that's how that team is going to beat your team in that particular night and then their second goal you know the first time all night that they actually threw a bunch of people in front of him mm-hmm. you know he's playing lights out back there and he knows what you're doing before you do it um 
that's the only way you're going to beat him. Put mm-hmm. seven people in front of him, try to have somebody jump at the right time. And and, that you know, goal, that's there's a debate on whether or not that should have counted, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> I mean, I think the debate is around the rules. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, how exactly. so? So this is the the crux of that debate, right? Mm-hmm. If we could touch on this for a second. Sure. Go ahead. How are you going to sit there and be like, "Oh, it doesn't count as a high stick because your player touched it next." Okay, but it counts as an assist. How are you going to put an assist in the scorebook that is off a high stick? So I please reevaluate. Even, like, I did not even realize that. That counted yeah, as an assist, even though it, it should. Eight. He deflected a shot, it went on goal, and the guy stuck it home. I'm gonna, yeah, look I'm, it up. I'm going to look at that while you it's, keep talking. It, from, what I, from what I saw, that should have counted as an assist. Somebody took a point shot, I deflected, it hits off the DI, hits off the goalie, and then my homie buries it in. That should still be an assist because it's my shot on goal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have a shot on goal and an assist in the same play that are off a high stick. Like that's a rules thing. That's not like I'm not going to get on the refs for like this WWE crusade that people seem to be on all the time. It's fixed. You know I mean? Yeah. All caps. The refs. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to GP41 on that oh, one. GP. <laughs> my God. <laughs> All right, hang on. A Yo, second. GP's a savage on the golf course. Don't let that guy take your money, bro. He'll, oh, not, he'll mess you up. I'll make sure of that. Um, and, and to to your point, um, it was Lemieux that went to the front of the net, and he got credited with an assist on Rooney's goal. Kevin Rooney, assisted by Brendan Lemieux and Ryan Lindgren, who shot it from the point. So, yep, that high stick that would not have counted if it didn't go off a of Grizzly counted as an assist. That's some. That's some. Uh, that's it's some, it's just you know what I mean. Like I'm not, I'm not, right there. I'm not, a, I'm not a uh, software engineer, but it seems like that if you run that function, there's like an error return. You know what I'm saying? Like the mm-hmm. logic there isn't. I mean, but I also, like I said, I think it's a rule thing. I don't think the refs did anything that they couldn't do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you go over, you tell the coaches, "Hey, listen, man, I got to count this. What do you want right. me to do?" Right? Yeah. But it all worked out in the end. Brad Marchand is elite. He is an elite player in the NHL, and he showed why. Yeah, he's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> he's and scary, analysis. Man. Brad Marchand is disgusting and he's done. scary, man. <laughs> and it's also the the Bruins do the things the same things well that we do well, right? Like, oh, I, think I, love guys, I love when we play the Islanders, man. It's such a good match. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, you know, we have our problems with you guys, you know, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this, like coming into today is like how I feel about our, like how we compare it to the Bruins mm-hmm. is this simple. Can we beat you in a seven game series? I think so. I think we, with Barry and what he has up his sleeve, if we were fully healthy, we could beat you guys in a seven game series. Do I think that you guys would win more seven game series against us than we would against you? Absolutely. The talent is just there. Like we don't have anybody who's like Pasternak. We don't have anybody who's like Bergeron and we don't really have anybody like Marshawn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We have our own dudes like bars. You guys don't have anybody like Matt Barzell, but yeah, don't remind us. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's draft. right. That's right. <laughs> hey, listen, Olive Branch. Maybe, maybe we take that off the list of things to we'll talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I want to make Thomas's job really hard here. So <laughs> perfect. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, we don't have anybody like Matt Barzal, but we do have we do have three assassins on our team, and they're all they all just happen to be on the same line. Um, Which you can change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cassidy had five forwards on the power play last night, right? I hate, like, I, I, I I hate that. I 
hate that um, arrangement. It's an easy hot take to have after uh, a forward on the Rangers turns it over at the point and gives up a shorty. All right, yep. it's an easy hot take to not have forwards up there. Yep, yep. But we won't. We, to we Chris won't Wagner that, of though. all players. To Chris Wagner of all players. Yo, from the <laughs> gate, baby. <laughs> from the gate. Let's go. <laughs> Shout out to Colgate right there. Oh man. Um, but yeah, man. I just I don't know power. The power play is loaded. You guys, I think, um, have a much better second special teams unit on uh, PK and uh, power play. We don't have a lot of shooters. Um, we have guys that can shoot. I mean, Pollock is a defenseman. He's one of our better shooters. Cal Clutterbuck is actually one of our better shooters. He he'll see some power play time on the twos. I, I know. I, I don't know if that's damning by faint by faint praise. I like Clutterbuck's game, it but is. if Cal Clutterbuck is one of your better shooters, what does that say something about? I mean, he can rip it though. He's a big, strong dude, and he's got mm-hmm. some velocity on that shit. But it does speak to the point that like shooting depth isn't there. You know who else is a really good shooter is Anthony Bavillier, and he's not mm-hmm. it. Oh, I, so, oh I, I love Anthony. He, I, he, I like he, a dude, lot he of got players on your in the playoffs, dude. He torched them. Yeah. He was just getting bucket after bucket. It didn't matter, dude. Washington, buckets. Fucking Philly, buckets. Like, he was just out there. And, like, we don't have him, and that's critical because Josh Bailey feeds off that energy. Uh, but anyway, going back to the Bruins, those are the things I noticed about you guys. Is like, you're well-coached team. You have a lot of uh, skill depth, right? Like, your threes are better than – we don't even know who our threes are, and you guys have, like, threes that can play if you give them space. Um, and defensively, you guys like don't biff it, right? Like it's not easy to score against the Bruins, right? right? It's difficult to get good chances, just like it is against us. You guys have good goaltending, so do we. But it's a very low, are, event, but it's a very low event style. It's a very yeah, but, but you guys are you guys have also have more players that like are able to make their own events happen. Dude, like you have skaters and wingers specifically that just go take people on, and it's like I can get by you with speed. I can make you know, I can deke you. I can do something. I'll out check you and create space somehow or, or numbers in the small part of the ice or whatever it is. But they do it so well, and there's so many guys that can really beat you if you sleep on them. Mm-hmm. And we don't have as many guys that will do that. So that's why I give you guys the edge, like overall. But I think you and I might would agree that, hey, listen, in a in a 2021 world and some wild COVID shit, like we can beat you in a seven game series. Like it can't happen. I don't, if both teams play their best game, you guys will probably win. But one thing that I would say that it would definitely be a coaching exhibition, uh, Bruce Cassidy and Barry Trotz is the best coach in the NHL. And I think Bruce Cassidy is a firm second place in that one. I think he's mm-hmm. one of the elite ones in the league and he's proven it. It's not just the top line. He take, he, he knows how to, use his depth he knows how to use the use the third the third and fourth lines to their and situations too yeah exactly exactly like he'll be like all right like i don't do this shit every day but this game at this time i'm gonna put these guys out there together because i think i can win on this matchup or that matchup like dude you talked you talked about you talked about on uh on on uh bt bt this morning about how he made Quinn look like a fool and Quinn was sort of bro. The Rangers had two guys, two guys on the ice, dude. They had two guys out there in a professional sporting event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. David Quinn is an NHL coach, but dude, so Trotsky. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. I mean, I don't know. The first time I saw, I watch a lot of their games. I do. Oh, uh, yeah, being from New York, of course. Well, also, like, part of the reason is because I hate them, but the other part of the reason is because it's on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, 
you hate watch the Rangers. I love that. That that's yeah. that, that that's a that's a true rival right there. It's I mean it's also because you know when you talk about standings and stuff like that, they're usually playing against or are the people who are competing against in the standings, right? So it's like you gotta watch the Rangers play the Devils because you know for some reason we're in that mix right now. You know, <laughs> so right. so right. they're they're you you have skin in the game when it comes to the standings and stuff too, but. But yeah, man, I, yeah, Cassidy's a G. I mean, Trotsy does all kinds of crafty stuff that like I love. And I do miss, oh, man, I got so many Brooklyn stories for you, dude. They're mm-hmm. the best. It's like, so, like, one of my friends that like, I go, go to a lot of games to uh, with, he, uh, he and I, he used to play in high school at top level. I didn't know I played organized, like, right. But I know the game really well. Like, I, mm-hmm. I researched it. I don't know. Right. So, I'm sitting there and we watch these games together like multiple times a year. And like the things that we see him do and the things that we see the team doing that you like, that you can't see on TV. It's like a different planet than it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. Like it's a completely different world. And like you sit there and you watch what's going on. It's like, Oh, he's bringing them out against these guys. And like, Oh, they're going to do this. And so-and-so is taking the face off because he can win it this way. Right. Like all that stuff is going on. And like you watch a Ranger game and like none of that is going on. Mm-hmm. none of it like it's just not there and i i hate them i hope they crash and burn dude i hope he never wins another fucking game right. but you can't sit here and tell me like you take that hat off and it's like you can't sit here and tell me that this guy's like, like you know what i mean like he won the last two days in belichick's yeah oversight okay. like yeah. that all those dynamics are out there but anyway but yeah no, dude, the, no he's absolutely over his head and it's a shame too, because I know you hate them and I, 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 I don't hate them. I, it, I just have the normal rival dislike for them, but man, they, they got some, they got some, they got some good ones. They got some good, they, they, uh, Thomas scary, man. Yeah. Thomas said on the, uh, on the podcast, on the, on our last episode that they have the tools to build the house, but if Quinn's the architect, uh, well, that's, I don't know about all that either. I don't know how much, I don't know what's going on in their organization because Glenn Sather is not in a uh, action item role anymore, which Mm -hmm. he's been in since a couple months after James Dolan took over. Mm -hmm. So So the Knicks were in the NBA finals, right? Mm -hmm. And then James Dolan takes over and we all know what happened. Glenn Sather is there is somebody that James's father respects and, and trusts or whatever. And like James actually as a narcissist, for whatever reason, looks up to him and stays away from the hockey stuff. Right. Cause he knows he can't get Glenn Sather to do what he tells him to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he might PR it in a way where he's saying, you know, I have nothing to do with hockey. That's all not this, that, and the third, like whatever. But that is because of the people and the humans that were involved in that whole equation. So now you're in a situation where you look at somebody who books a residency for his blues band in the in the arena that he owns. I'll re up you. I will re raise you. This is a guy who told the NFL that he couldn't host the draft at Radio City for like the first time in the history of the draft because he had it booked for a spring festival which didn't exist and never ended up happening. So now the entire NFL draft event is rotating through cities like fucking Las Vegas and Nashville and doing all this sweet shit, all because James Dolan was trying to like big man, Roger Goodell, like what planet are we on here? What an absolute penis. So they're, they're in a lot of trouble that I don't know if they think that 
they're going to be in. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the guy who's Quinn's boss and like who's the next guy down between Sather, it's like another Davidson. Is that Josh? Is that John? No, Davidson? John Davidson is higher up. I think he's president, so he okay, might be gotcha. down from right. Glenn, Glenn Sather. But like the acting GM or whatever, it's like another college hockey guy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. <laughs> Hi, Gucci, Gucci man. <laughs> yeah, that's from a uh, miracle. I'm serious, Quoxy. Why'd you want to play quality Rocky? Quality Rocky again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, they're they're you know, and like I, I don't know. It's just interesting because I am a Knicks fan, but I just don't like them. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. I've seen this before. Good luck. All right, no problems over here. This is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah. And the dog, the picture of the dog in the burning building. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Love it. Love it, Duff. All right. So um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Um, do you have a prediction for the game? Oof. Either a score or something that happens. I think or Anthony both. Bavilia I think Anthony Bavilia is gonna play. Ah, okay. I'll be, I'll be um, with that. I love Anthony Bavillier. I think John Gabriel Peugeot is one of the most underrated players in the entire National Hockey League. Well, he's he's running tryouts right now, apparently. Mm-hmm. So he's going. <laughs> you know, we'll see. Um, I don't know. I think, I think the Bruins will. Like, I don't know. It's hard for me to say because in aggregate, I think the Bruins are just like a better team, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if this is one game for all the marbles, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm going with you guys. It's hard to predict these regular season games. I don't bet them for this kind right. of reason because it's like, dude, if the Islanders wake up and they're out there skating around like they took too many edibles last night, like we're gonna be in a lot of fucking trouble, dude. Mm-hmm. Like you can't have stiff joints and try to do what we go out there to do. So that's my guess. Um, I also don't know what's going to happen tonight. I actually don't even know what's happening right now. Cause you got me on here. For, uh, <laughs> for, oh, the uh, Islanders are winning right now. One to nothing. All right. So I mean, Pittsburgh's not very good, man. Yeah, dude. Don't, don't I don't tell know. Darth that. Don't tell Darth that. <laughs> I don't have to. He knows. That's why he gets all pissy. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's uh, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's gonna be a low-scoring game. I would say under four and a half goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's the kind of game that you like, I would say. Uh, I don't know what the over/under would be for the first period, but I'd probably say it's under. Um, I would say zero zero after one, maybe one zero after one. So basically we'll every so basically every Bruins game that has happened <laughs> so far this season. <laughs> hey, listen, man, I'm a sharp. What can I fucking tell you? Yeah, <laughs> uh, dude, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't get to that I want to get to, man. So I mean, I'd be happy to come back. How about this? I'm glad I didn't have to talk about Josh Hosang in the video that you're going to put on the internet. So Josh Hosang, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I I, I did I did kind of want to get into him, but. We can do it really quick. I promise you. Okay. So there's another prospect in the uh, Islanders organization that I'm, I've been following the career of, and I'm very interested in, and I've had many conversations with you over the years about, and that is Joshua Hosang. Uh, top five talent, bottom five brain. I don't know, man. So Josh Hosang has been in some wild situations over the years, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that as he gets older, a lot of the antics and things like that, I think are like a little easier to explain. The most recent thing that he's going through, like in Sweden and all that kind of stuff, right? Like he's getting cut from the team basically for what's a fitness issue, right? He's behind in training and all that. And it turns out think- it has nothing to do with COVID just for our listeners. It's, 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 it's a, it's a uh, shape issue, not a lung issue, not a health issue. 
definitely good to hear that. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, as somebody who kind of knew that, like, I think the deal with him is that deep down, he just didn't want to compete. I don't think that he wants to be a professional hockey player, but Ooh. when you're in, when you're in that world and you're as talented as he is and you're as skilled as he is and you're able to do as much damage in hockey as he is, you start that shit when you're mad young, dude. And you don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know. So like you go to, you go to practice, you're on the team, you're really good. Your friends like you because you're good and so on and so forth. And as you get older and that develops, there you're going to the, Oh, and you do a major junior and stuff like you're 16 when you start there. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're shredding kids and, you know, everybody's like, oh man, you, like you could be awesome at this. Right. And you go through that and like, you don't necessarily know at that age, like whether or not you want to do this anymore. But if you're smoking kids, like you, he was smoking kids, like you're going to be thrust into that position. Like the next step in that will always come. So I don't know if you can make a decision at that point. You know, I think he's pot committed and was kind of just going with the flow. And that's why he let some other shit slip. Right. Mm-hmm. I think subconsciously he just doesn't care about it. Like if you don't care to get up enough, if you don't care to get enough sleep to stay in shape in Sweden after you get kicked out of every other team. Right. Mm-hmm. I also think that. Yeah. Yeah. He got, he got kicked out uh, last year. If my memory serves, he got straight up murked out of Bridgeport and they were loaned to San Antonio and just told him, dude, you've got to stay there for the rest of the year. We can't, we, we cannot have you here right now. Because yeah. He's I probably, know, yeah. yeah I mean, he's, he's probably mad annoying too, because mm-hmm. I don't know, like who knows what he's like as a person. I don't know, but it sounds mm-hmm. like he's just, he's annoying and like means well. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, ah, oh, dude, you're killing me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that there's a lot of situations that Josh was saying was probably put in at a young age that put him off from, the institution that is hockey. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this guy's had enough coaches in his life now at this point with all the different teams that he's been on to find somebody who, you know, will sympathize with his situation and potential things that he might've gone through that could have reached him that he had already tuned out. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause if you, if you don't care enough about the sport and when you're at a young age, I'm sure like you and I both know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I'm sure he was put into situations as a kid that were not things that we would want any of our kids to have to deal with, but he's in there dealing with it. Right. Uh, yeah, like 100%. Tony D'Angelo type stuff. Right. You yeah. get what I'm saying? So okay. yeah, dude. <laughs> so like, that's, that's another, that's a real thing. Right. Sure. So absolutely. For, and it doesn't nobody any good to pretend it doesn't exist. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. I think that when I see fans, right. Pile onto this guy. I'm like, dude, like what, like, what are you doing? Like everything's a personal attack when you criticize this guy, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. try to try to have like a little bit of understanding of like what world he's in, what might've gone on there. And like, just leave it alone. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you get on everybody like this? No, but Josh Hossein does spinoramas and like no look passes and like all this sick shit. So fans get hype and they're like, Oh, this guy's going to be awesome. And then when he's not awesome, they're like, this guy's a piece of shit. And we got to kick him out of the country. It's like, what are we doing with all this? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I can't help, but, and if you're willing to look at the whole situation as a whole, right. Right. And still have that kind of like outspoken opinion and not realize like it's one of two things either you don't realize it's not a good look to like do that or you're so adamant about doing it that you don't care if it's a good look or not and it's like you know what i'm saying like that's not what you need to be doing and i'll t- i'll to continue this i'll say something about evander kane too with when he this guy's got a gambling addiction is bankrupt and is a millionaire and everybody's gassing him on twitter it's like dude 
when people need help off the, like when you owe this much money for gambling dude like something's up like you're gonna lose right. your family and shit man yeah like this is no joke dude. It's, it's never just the dishes you know exactly yo exactly Jambo. Yep. exactly it's never just the dishes like something's up and you know you hear some of these stories about his past too where like things aren't quite right like you know dissociated from the team and certain stuff and like this is a guy that gets picked on for like trying to do certain things and carrying himself a certain way or, or maintain a certain image or create a certain image it's like all right like he also has real huge issues where like he owes casinos millions of dollars like you're gonna get on this guy for having a tracksuit picture when he's 27 like that's what you're trying to do here what a weird thing to be mad about etc <laughs> yeah and it's also like you you know what i mean it's not like people are trying to pitchfork robin leonard and call him a drug addict piece of shit or anything like that everybody welcomes him with open arms and wants him to do better and get his career together hmm, and what's get, the difference you know, between those two players i can't hey, see listen man on it <laughs> listen i'll tell you right now you live where i live and you see this kind of stuff happens between all kinds of people right yep. and it's it's you know, I don't know. I th I could go on about why it happens for a while, but you can't not talk about it. Like you said, mm -hmm. you can't find excuses not to talk about it. And you also can't just like ignore it just so you can make a fuss. Like, it's crazy to me. that It's uncomfortable. You know I mean? Good. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, exactly. That's what, that's what it's gotta be. Like, it's uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Fucking good. It's supposed to be. 100% man. Hey, listen, I'm an HR, you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 you know what I mean? It's, it's a thing, but anyway, yo, dude, thanks a lot for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. It's hey man, awesome. I appreciate it. I had a fucking blast, man. Duff, thank you so much, dude. Hey, listen, man, it was a pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me and good luck to Bruins and Bruins fans everywhere. Uh, 18 and one. And with that, I am, I am shutting this off. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, you, but I hate I you. had to do it. <laughs> I had to do it, man. I got a whole city. I got a whole city I got to represent. So that was Tom Duffy, uh, a.k.a. NYC underscore one T's on Twitter. Follow him. He's a he's a pretty good follow, especially when he gets into Islanders Twitter. <laughs> Very entertaining. I think he was one of the first people who followed the podcast. If I'm not yes, he was. Yeah, yes, he was. When I I announced that I, that um, I was co-hosting a pod, he was he was super supportive. So he's a, he's a very he's a really good dude. At first, when he followed you, he has that logo that looks like a, a subway thing, and I was like, why the hell is like New York City Transit following us? Right now? Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh this yeah. Is, this is sketchy. I'm a little bit intimidated now. What's going right. on? Right, right, right. <laughs> All right, brother. You're thinking an overtime loss. I'm thinking an overtime W tonight. So we're uh, we're back at opposing sides. Let's 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 just say that when I when I write the itinerary for the next show, I'm hoping the first thing I write is Thomas was right. Yeah, and if it's not, I mean, like I do all the editing, so I can always. <laughs> I certainly have you saying that enough on my computer right now. I could just throw that in wherever I want. <laughs> all right, brother. Enjoy the game tonight, dude. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.